everybody. I'm Vanessa Oshima, and welcome to the Outrun Cancer podcast. Outrun Cancer started back in 2012 when I made a promise to a friend that I would run every day for her to support her cancer journey. Cancer can be a really lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be. And that's something that I've learned through my cancer journey, the running journey. And I'd like to share with you the stories, the information, the learnings. We call them the life learnings from running, life learnings from cancer. And so that's what we're going to do with this podcast. If you're going through a cancer journey and you want just a little bit of hmm, inspiration, a little bit of information, or just some good stories, come join us on Outrun Cancer. And you don't actually have to be a runner to be able to be part of this. Come listen. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Outrun Cancer. Through the different episodes, I've talked a lot with people that have really inspired with their stories. They've inspired me, and it's all been about sharing them with you. During episode two and three, my husband and I spoke a little bit about our journey with cancer as a couple with cancer. And this time, we're going to talk with our sons. So our sons have seen their parents go through cancer twice, obviously, with uh, my husband going through cancer when they were very young and they don't really <laughs> remember much of it. And then uh, with me when they were in their teens. And so this one is going to be a little bit of a conversation between the two of them. They've never done this before, had the conversation together. And so it starts off a little shaky as they start to find their way about how to talk about this. And I think that's true of all siblings uh, when you're going through something, that it's just that first step of opening up and then the flow comes and then actually the realization comes that it's not so hard to talk about something. And we should talk about it. And it's actually helpful to talk. So I'm going to hand it over to uh, let you listen to my sons, Zach, oh, my older son, who is at the moment in the USA, and Jordan, our younger son, who is in Tokyo. So handing it over for my boys to talk with you about kids watching parents go through cancer. Jordan Oshima, the younger brother, younger son <laughs> of Vanessa. And uh, I'm currently in Tokyo. Zach, you can introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach Oshima, the older brother. And as my mom just mentioned, yeah, I'm living in the US in Portland, Oregon right now. There's no agenda here. So <laughs> it's just like a point blank conversation. So what do you want to talk about? <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about when we first found out um, mom had cancer. Do you remember like what um, your feelings were at that time? Like what were you doing? Well, before like mom had cancer, I knew that dad had cancer, would diagnose and he recovered from cancer. And I didn't really remember that situation where dad was sick and he got well because it was like when I was three, two or three, right? Mm -hmm. And actually, when I heard it from mom, uh, I didn't feel it like real at all. And I just didn't want to think about it that much because um, cancer, lo looking at like broadcast TV and 
um, like dramas and stuff, you would have a very bad image about it. And I just didn't want to put that in my mind. So I just stopped thinking about it and tried to, I was actually trying to avoid that situation. That was like my first reaction. And thinking of it now, I don't, I regret it a little bit of that, taking that reaction. But yeah, that was my first experience of when she found out when she had cancer. Yeah, that's, that's actually interesting. For the record, this is the first time that me and Jordan are probably talking directly about this. So this is all new information, but it's kind of weird because like, obviously I was a bit older when dad had cancer and I remember like very little moments in New Zealand uh, when that happened. And I remember being like pretty, uh, I guess, scared. It was weird to see like your father upset. And because of that, like when I found out mom had cancer as well, I actually had the exact same reaction as you, but I feel like it was from a different kind of angle because you you hadn't maybe didn't remember as much as like what dad went through. On the other hand, I remembered, but we both chose the same thing to like distance ourselves. And I think in any situation, I'm pretty, it's pretty common that I do that. I kind of like tend to shut down a bit more, but uh, even, even though I was maybe visiting mom in the hospital, I reflect on that as like I was pretty shut down from it like I was a little bit in denial I think yeah Yeah. no I'm gonna say I'm here and I'm listening and it's the first time I'm hearing as well so we're all on a listening and learning journey actually you'll hear sometimes coughing in the background my husband is here too (laughs) so and he has a bit of a sore throat so yeah so you texted the boys right I think it was like you texted the boys from from the hospital to say, I think we were fairly open from the beginning that I was being tested and we weren't sure, didn't really hide it at all, but you were in denial. Yeah. I, um, I remember you were kind of texting us before this, but that I took the photo of you before you were about to go into surgery. But to be honest, I've like, I don't think I've ever looked at that photo after taking it. Not once. I don't even know why I took it, to be honest. Maybe it was just to like share with Jordan because you couldn't be there at that time. It was, it's a weird thing that's like saved on my phone. iPhones are weird how they like archive so much memory now. But um, sometimes I'll like scroll past it and I'll like just keep scrolling. I don't want to see it necessarily. So yeah, it's like, Zach, you would go to the hospital often and see how mom's going, talking to her. But I, in the other hand, was just focused on myself just playing football going to Bukatsu and me myself wasn't in a good like place and at school like with my mental situation at Bukatsu as well but right now I I think that I couldn't connect to her as much as you could but I just wanted to tell her that I didn't want her to feel that she was alone and that that kind of support is always how I try to connect with my family, just telling them straight out what I feel and saying that they're not alone. If there's anything else I can help with, I would try to help them, but um, I would sometimes struggle trying to <laughs> like connect. Yeah. I think the one common thing that both of us did, and this was like prior to mom getting cancer as well, but like without run cancer, I think both of us are like, 
I don't know. We're not the most like emotionally communicative <laughs> people. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think both of us are more like action oriented mm-hmm. people. And for us, I think it was like more about doing those runs or you know, showing up for um, some of those events where like the broader Outrun Cancer community was there or, you know, helping mom make a t-shirt for Outrun Cancer. Like those are the ways that we instead communicated. And yeah, I, I think the one thing was like, we're not sure if those actions are like being communicated as we're trying. And we never really asked you to be honest, uh, mom directly but like i think that creates like this am i doing enough like on tv you see like emotional explosions that happen in drama and stuff and like you kind of start to measure against like am i having the right reaction towards cancer right now or not i think a like a reality is a little bit different and everybody reacts a bit differently and for our case it was more about that side of things and talking it out now makes it feel like a little more like as long as, as long as you felt like you were supportive, mom, (laughs) like it wasn't necessarily the wrong way to react. So I'll jump in here. (laughs) I didn't know how to ask for help. So I think that's one of the things I know when Yasu, so when your dad was going through cancer, I was on that side so what can mm-hmm. I do? And I was doing as many things. Let's let's do yoga together. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so I was in the same do rather than say mode, mm-hmm. I guess, because it's hard to talk about. You don't know what to say. And I think my learn, and that was the same with Caroline. Like my do mode was just run for her. What I felt, what I can tell you guys is the things you do, you turned up to the running things or you did the drone thing at the event or you made the t-shirts or you posted things. Uh, it meant a lot. Even small things just means a lot. It just means that you're there. I remember Jordan coming home the day after I was diagnosed because you weren't living at home at that time and just sitting with me, just sitting next to me for, I don't know, about an hour. And just for everybody to know, you know, Jordan's quite tall. He's probably close to six foot, played American football. And when he was little, he always used to put his head on my knee and I would stroke his hair. That was his like favorite thing. And so now I've got this six foot tall American football <clears throat> guy with his head on his knee saying, you can't die. Please don't die. And my response was, I'm going to try really hard not to. I didn't want to make a promise I wouldn't because I didn't know if I could keep the promise. So I think those small things, just so that you know, the small things you do mm-hmm. mean a lot. Yeah. I don't know. It like really depends on the person as well. But I think that also like reflecting on it made me realize that I need to be better with <laughs> communication. And like, it's of course like, you know, actions also matter as well. But I think it's from time to time, I forget that, you know, just saying things uh, helps as a lot. And like, for example, Jordan said that, but I don't think I ever said anything like that um, during your journey. And yeah, it's just like a, a thing to learn from, I guess. You know, God forbid that 
it happens to anybody around me again but um if it does like that's one kind of i guess learning life's learning from cancer learning from cancer did you talk to any other people like your friends or anybody or things like that to be honest no i don't think i did i think i talked to one of two friends that was close to me in that time i just need to express and talk about it otherwise i i, I couldn't like keep myself together so i just talked about it and i didn't want any response but just talking to my friend made me a little bit lighter and i was able to stabilize my feelings and go back to my like ordinary life like go back to school so that actually did help me like talking and racing some to someone counseling might be a good thing but i didn't have that option at that time so uh, i talked with my friend i think it's interesting that kind of idea like i just wanted to talk i didn't really expect a response it was just like just let me talk kind of thing yeah so going i don't know forward maybe or thinking forward it's been five years now since i was diagnosed with cancer how do you think about cancer now well i don't think it's I don't, I'm not going to say it's negative and I'm going to say it's positive, but uh, it kind of changed my way of thinking of cancer from the like very negative side because cancer, if you be diagnosed by cancer, sometimes you image that it's the end of your life. It's the end of the road. You have to list up the stuff that you want to do like <laughs> in your private list and do that stuff <laughs> that was my image of cancer the first time. But looking at you recovering from it and doing so much activities like out, out around cancer, like you're still continuing supporting cancer. And you always say you find you find out a way how to live with cancer, not like fight against cancer, how living with cancer. So that really stuck to me. And we me and Zach, I think we have it in our DNA as well. Cancer's running in our DNA. We don't know when it might happen. So when it happens, I think I'll get a little bit more emotional helpless from you because I've learned to practice what to do and what kind of mental state I should have um, by diagnosed by cancer. Yeah. I would say like one one parent was like a shock. <laughs> Two parents was like, yeah, even a bigger shock, but it also just made me realize that like, cancer actually is a lot closer to everybody and anybody than we kind of think it can happen at any time, anywhere. There's like, you know, more than, you know, several dozens types of cancers as well. That was the one thing that I realized. And, you know, severity is all different as well. So everybody's in a different state. So it's not, it's weird, but it's like cancer is also diverse. <laughs> and the other thing was, and this is similar to what Jordan said, is like it becomes part of your life, whether you like it or not. And it becomes part of your family's life as well. I feel like at the same time, a little bit of a blessing in disguise in that, like, you know, we as a family have gone to got to go through this. I think it's in some ways brought us a bit closer made us all a bit more introspective and yeah it just like and it gives a reason to kind of like reach out to family more in that sense so 
although it was a shitty thing, like I'm glad we're here today in that sense. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get emotional. They're allowed to, they're allowed to swear on this podcast. You can, <laughs> you can swear on this podcast. You can say shitty cancer sucks and it's shitty. And yes, you can do all, all of that. It's, um, it's fine because that's what it is. If we could do it all again differently, like if we we go wind back five years and we're doing it differently. I always think about what I could have done differently to help you. Cause at the time it was, I was just focusing a lot on the decisions I had to make myself. And for me, cause I was diagnosed quite early. Um, you get a lot of options. So it's, do you have full breast removal? Do you have partial breast removal? Do you do this? Do you do that? So there's lots of decisions. So I was, focusing a lot on myself and making those decisions rather than focusing on your guys' needs. And that's one of the regrets that I have, like to not talk more with you guys about what you guys were feeling and doing. It was kind of like powering through, how am I going to keep running? How am I going to do this? It was like just this powering through for myself. But if we could, I don't know, go back five years and think we would do it somehow differently. What might we do differently? or not do differently, or what would we give advice to other people? Like, for example, you, your kids, if you're giving examples to other kids whose parents might be going through it, or parents who are thinking how to talk to their kids or do things, is there any one I or think, two pieces of advice? To be honest, what I would say is, I don't think you did anything wrong. Like, I think that is a time where you did need to focus on yourself. And it was okay to kind of, you know, focus on how you're going to get through this and like, what do you need to do to get over it? I don't think you should have any like regrets on how you tackle that situation. And I think to be honest, like Jordan and I, we both like, you know, handled it in our own capacity. And, you know, I don't think that we necessarily like regret entirely, like how we, you know, dealt with it. Cause that's just what you need to do. Like you shouldn't in like bottle up. But the one thing I do think today, you know, talking to Jordan about this uh, <laughs> candidly is like, you know, we probably should have talked to each other. Yeah. More. And that was the thing that I, I think as well. Me and Zach should have talked a little bit more about our situation now because we, we don't do this at all. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, they watch football together. <laughs> Drink together and watch football together, but we don't talk about our feelings that much. So um, that might have been a good solution, I think, as well. Um, and every time it happens, uh, I would go up to Zach and talk about what I want to talk, and Zach would give me a good response, and we would talk in deep. Um, but in that time, I wasn't even able to talk with Zach because... It was like in the family, I didn't want to bring my feelings in the family. So sometimes I should, well, if I could go back, I should have expected Zach to be a friend with me and just talk to him like a friend. Yeah. Our goal, our goal was not to make it any harder on yeah. you or dad. And in that like situation, I think the one thing is that we could have helped each other better to like make it easier for us without putting a burden on your dad in that situation, which I don't think we did enough of at that time. You didn't put any burden on us or on me at all. It's 
interesting that in the first podcast that we did with Caroline, Caroline basically said she realized that her kids were really good at putting on a good show, that they were okay. And I think that that's probably a reality is that you guys as kids are thinking, I don't want to add drama. I don't want to add burden. And you're trying so hard to be not burdensome. And mm -hmm. especially teenage years or things like that. You have lots of your own stuff going on. And you yeah. feel like you can't bring it to the family because it will be one extra thing. And so I think finding ways to be able to say it's okay, you know, yeah. whether it's counseling or whether it's friends or talking to each other to be able to make sure that you're not carrying all of the stuff and not bringing it forward because you think you will be a burden. It's funny that you mentioned that as well. Like, because the first time I met Connor, who's Caroline's son, you know, I've only like heard of his name or maybe like met him once in passing at a dinner or something. But um, I just felt like really easy and comfortable around him. And I'm not sure if that's because we went through similar experiences. Um, I think Jordan might uh, share that feeling as well. Um, and we ended up like doing kind of similar things. If you think about it, like, you know, Connor studying running as well and like shaving his head and all that stuff. Um, to show support and he was like super action oriented as well so I, i'm actually curious like um on how like other people like how they're less non-action oriented like us children uh, <laughs> might have reacted or is it an age thing as well like you know i think past 16 17 is where you start trying to be a little more independent and where you want to prove to your parents that you're also not so dependent on them um, so like that timing and something like that happening might drive us into that zone of like, you know, not communicating too much, trying to put on a good show because we want to show that we're going to be okay. Okay. So let's just switch a little, cause this is quite heavy and quite, yeah. <laughs> so let's just switch a little bit to, um, just final, final few minutes. So I'll start with Zach. So Zach is a runner now we've run new york marathon together and and things like that but zach used to have this t-shirt that he used to always wear that had never run written on it because he was like running is not something you were really into <laughs> but you chose as part of your action-oriented thing to get involved with running and the outrun cancer and things like that let's talk about running a little bit what's running for you not necessarily outrun cancer, but running. <laughs> now that you're quote unquote runner. <laughs> uh, generally speaking, it's it's like a a bit of an escape, I guess. Like you were kind of saying this in the podcast with Maria as well. But yeah, it's that moment to kind of like through the busy day and personal life, work life have this like window of you know just i'm just here to put a one foot in front of the each uh, in front of the other and only think about that that's like when when that came up in the podcast i really resonated with that jordan jordan used to be like a top runner in high school right you used to like actually represent and now you don't really run because you've got like you've had so many injuries on your foot so do you run much at all no i, I haven't run with you for a while yeah i do run like twice or three times in a week. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't Actually, know that. Did you know that? 
So he moved apartments. He moved to like oh, so when Zach moved to the U.S., uh, Jordan moved to live in Zach's apartment, and it's right by a park, beautiful park in Japan. So, so you're running two, three times a week now. Yeah, one, one, two, <laughs> yeah, two, three times. <laughs> well, like running used to be for me, it was like a competitive sport. I just wanted to be number one and running. I didn't want to lose by running right. with someone else. Um, it was all about. I've yeah. always run with you. You always like have to be ahead yeah. of everybody. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was always like the pace, and always like who's behind me, who's in front of me. How can I like outpace him? So that's like my mindset when I run. Always, even when I try to just jog around, I still have that mind in myself, just looking in front of the person, seeing if I can. <laughs> Like beat yeah, beat him or catch him, um, and that actually uh, is not. <laughs> I realized that that's not really healthy <laughs> for my mind when I'm trying to just run in peace and trying to like clear my mindset. And just pacing down, looking at the atmosphere, and just like seeing around and running uh, is helping me out getting to like running a little bit more. Then mm. um, because I used to just do it because I wanted. Compete in, mm. in that sport. But so now, moving yeah. from being a competitive thing to a yeah a personal yeah and thing. yeah running was the only thing that I could do good. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my dad told me. So. <laughs> 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 like, running is the only thing you can do that's kind of good. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, um, you know what? It's been for me really eye opening to listen to you guys. Talk to each other about action orientation versus maybe communication orientation or support um, as well. We'll keep on conversing. I think we'll also ask Connor maybe to have a chat with us to see about Connor's way of doing things as well. So, any last single piece of advice to any、um, kids or people going through cancer in a family? Like this would be my one, my one last piece. Your Life learnings from cancer or your life learnings from running to apply to this. Well, it's like cancer. Even which stage you would like find out you have cancer, time is just gonna pass. And there are ways that you can support your family. the The only ways that you would know is you yourself, like because you're a part of that family. And just don't think that you're getting in between, like. The situation, making a bigger mess,、um, all the stuff that you, your actions do, and the stuff that you do honestly will help help the family, and they need that feeling to be involved. They would be a little bit more comfortable having that in the family. So, my advice would be: you don't have to get your shit together, <laughs> <laughs> and other sides just try to involve and and talk to the people that. You know, in your family, and see how you can just be honest about the situation and what you feel. Well, like you don't need to get your shit together. <laughs> It's okay to just do the things that that um basically feel good for yourself.、Mm-hmm. Zach, anything? Mine would be. This goes back to the earlier point, but just yeah, talk to if you have siblings, if you have family, talk to relatives. Because, you know, like they're the people that 
through the entire journey are going to be with you no matter what happens. And they've also known you the longest, most likely. Yeah, like no no matter what happens, like you you go through it together. So like just are being able to kind of like talk that through and supporting each other in those moments make a huge difference. And I wish I took more advantage of that, you know, only realizing now that we were going through the same kind of feelings <laughs> uh, and being like, man, we could have probably lifted off a bit of the, a bit of that intense feelings just by talking to each other a bit better makes me realize that you know we could have support helped each other out a bit more so yeah just talk to your talk to your family talk to your siblings can i just ask one probably final question about the definition of family um so i always remember like on you know it's like siblings day or um you know national siblings day or whatever it is so there's an extra person that you always put up on the photographs <laughs> who is the extra de facto Oshima sibling. <laughs> Did you talk to him at all? Yeah. So my mom is referencing Joseph, um, who's my like long best friend um, in Japan. And we live together as well through the whole situation and many other, you know, uh, drama. <laughs> And I think Jordan would have been the same if we were living together at the same at that time. I think it was right before we moved in together um, when we first found out. But Joseph's reaction, because he knows me, um, he knows that I am not overly communicative. And I think Jordan knows this as well. And he knows that I just kind of like sit down on the sofa and just have my moment. That's how I've like dealt with things in, in the past. And like, he would just like, you know, silently be like a good company with me without really like asking or pushing anything. Just and sit there. Yeah, yeah, be there. Yeah, just sit there. And I think that made like a huge impact without me like directly talking about it. And so like, that, I guess that's the other reason of like, you know, uh, me saying like family or friends, like it's not necessarily talking your feelings out or anything. It's just like, I can figure this out on myself, but like even just that presence of like sitting next to them and then you like, you, you get that feeling that they know what you're going through without saying anything. And also like not asking too many questions because they know what you're going through. It's pretty big. So like let yourself be a little bit vulnerable for moments like that. And yeah, Joseph is also definitely family. Yeah. I think that was kind of my point, which is when we define family, um, it's not always blood relative family. It's people who are family, people who know you, mm -hmm. um, have been through a lot with you yeah. um, and know how you roll, I guess. Yeah. So like you said, you know that. You're, you know, chosen family as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Chosen family. Yeah. And I guess just one last question for Jordan. Um, Jordan, you said like maybe if counseling was available at that time, you didn't go to counseling but maybe if counseling was available, mm -hmm. would, would you have gone? Like if you knew? Well, yeah. In that time, well, especially in Japan, counseling would represent that you're weak. I don't think that's a good thing that's still happening in Japan. Even so, if you say that you're going to counseling, you wouldn't be seen as a like good impression. But now I've been to counseling. I've done the whole process myself and like other situations but 
I think it's a very good place that you can express your feelings and get those like heavy tensions out and be relaxed about what you feel. Um, I am totally supportive of it. So if there was an option, I would definitely go and uh, try to talk talk about what the situation is and what I'm what I want to do about it. Mm. So yeah, if there is an option to go to counseling, if there's someone that's listening right now, I would highly recommend to go mm. once and just try it out. Mm. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. Um, just a fun fact, I actually did my first ever counseling session or um, yeah, talk, talk to a clinician for the first time ever today. And yeah, just made me realize that like this, because it is a little bit like, in my head, I felt like it was like oh, something that somebody who's mentally weak does or, you know, all the kind of cliches that you hear about that. And like, it doesn't even matter what that means or anything. It's like so irrelevant. And it it did feel like, you know, today I talked about something just about moving to the US in general. It wasn't even like I was necessarily stressed or hurting or anything. Mm. I just felt like, you know, everybody says I should do it once. So I was like, what the heck, I'll try it. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, I can see how like today was just a normal day for me, but like back then, if I had that available to me and if I was not so like avoiding of, uh, something like counseling, it would have probably made a pretty big impact and difference on how to handle and process those emotions. Yeah. I think that's really and interesting. This idea of counseling being seen like people who go to counseling are seen as mentally weak or something like that versus counseling as a self-care action like you know you've got a personal trainer that helps you take care of your body yeah totally and nutrition, so dietitians yeah, you have dietitians nutritionalists and stuff like that that are all helping you take care of your physical well-being and nobody's like, oh, my God, you've got a nutritionist? How weak is that? Right? Nobody says that. Or, or if you go like, oh, I'm investing this amount of money in a personal trainer. And they're like, whoa, go. That's really committed. And it's, so I agree because I've done counseling um, as well. And sometimes it's good to talk to people who are not necessarily family or related or anything where you can just say unguarded what you're feeling and unpack it all and things like that. So maybe that's, yeah. Yeah. The good thing today is that there's, at least it feels like there's a lot less stigma around it. I like, I I know a lot of people around me who, you know, talk to therapists. um, But like when we were in middle school or high school, especially in Japan, like I, yeah, I don't think I could say I knew a single person who, did that or went to counseling at all um so like that's the one thing that people should take advantage of now that it's available yeah it's available and as you said you both of you guys have now done your counseling mm-hmm. and you see well zach you're day one <laughs> so, but you see some parts of the benefits of it or we're doing it yeah I'm just immediately like it helps you like reorganize your own thoughts, trying to tell somebody else about it. So that's a huge difference even on day one. So thank you. And uh, maybe we'll get together and do this in Japanese to help like Japan as well. I'm I'm allowed to swear, right? You're allowed to swear. Go for it. 
Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So we actually have that piece of art on our wall at the at the house, right? <laughs> Which um, Barry Barry Fenton made for us. All right. Enjoy your enjoy your evening, Zach. And uh, we're in the weekend now. So. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, Zach's birthday tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, yeah. Day after tomorrow for you, um, because you're still Friday where you are, right? So happy, happy birthday weekend. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And hopefully see you soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Wow. I'm just going to say, phew, actually, listening to my sons talk uh, about their journey. And actually realizing that maybe they should have talked to each other a little more five years ago as they were going through this was quite the insight for me. And so I hope that uh, you've basically been able to take away some hints and some learnings from this about that every kid is going to do this a little differently, that they've got their own things going on. That maybe for me, the big learning was that they are really thinking about how not to be an extra burden. And we are thinking about how to make sure that they are feeling okay and not feeling burdened as well. Like the word burden, you know, that my sickness or the cancer patient sickness is not being a burden on your children. And then your children are thinking, how do I not be a burden on my parents who are going through something? And so how do we have those conversations? I think is really interesting. Being able to realize that counseling is something which is helpful and to be able to think about how we might set that up as part of the the cancer journey for all members of the the support network, as well as the person going through it, I think is another incredible insight. And that, uh, you know, what we think cancer is going to be is often by what we've seen in the media or in the movies or different things. And that's not often the reality. And so the more stories uh, that we can get out to people, the more, you know, connections with real life uh, experiences will help all of us. And so I just want to say thank you to my sons for agreeing to open up. Like we said, it's the first time that they've actually done this together. And uh, I think it was kind of needed. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this story of my sons. I'm going to also be talking with Caroline's uh, children as well, so that we can also hear more stories about families and kids that go through cancer with their parents. And hopefully we'll build a few more stories into that uh, cancer narrative that everybody starts Googling and searching for when a diagnosis hits. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again in the next episode. listening to today's Outrun Cancer Story. I know telling stories really helps. So now I'd like to ask you to come share your takeaways. Follow us on Instagram at Vanessa underscore Outrun Cancer for some stories, some inspiration, and maybe you might be inspired to put your running shoes on. See you in the next episode.